worship in many different ways, amen? We worship in song, we worship in word, but we also worship in action. Be seated for just a moment. This morning I've asked uh, Gene Lawrence to lead us in communion. And Gene and, and uh, Brad are the administrators, uh, the, the, the ones in charge of the MTC, the Ministry Training Center. They've been pastors for 20 years in the area and we're just so blessed to have them here. But I've asked Gene to, to come and share on communion. She's gonna lead us this morning. Good morning. So over in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, I'm going to start there. It says, For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Say, in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Say, in remembrance of me. For, often, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And so in these verses, Jesus told us that when we take communion, that we're to remember him. And that word remembrance there means a remembering or a recollection. Also remember means to bring to mind or think of again. So we are to remember, we are to bring to mind and think again of what Jesus did for us. And for the longest time, it was hard for me to really think about what Jesus had done, what he had gone through, the crucifixion. And it was hard for me to think about the suffering, the agony that he had gone through. But I needed to do that. I needed to remember. I needed to bring to mind what he had done. And sometimes I'd even tell my husband, I have a hard time just thinking about that remembering that. And so I just began to talk to the Lord about it. How many know sometimes if you're struggling with something, it's a good thing, you just talk to the Lord about it. And so I did. And little by little, I was actually able to think about what he had done and gone through. And I remember it so vividly as I started to think about what Jesus had done. I remember saying to myself, why? Would anyone do that for me? Why would anyone do that for me? And up in my heart came because of love. It was all about the love that he has for me and that he has for you. Over in Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so he demonstrated, or he showed us his love. You know, love is an action, right? 
And so he showed us his love. Love did that for us. God is love. It's not something that he does. He does that, but he is love. And so love did that for us. Love laid down, gave his life for us. And if you think about it, that's how valuable that you and I are to him. You know, the value of something is the price that someone is willing to pay for it. And you think about that, that he laid down his own life and paid for it. So you are of great value to him. I am of great value to him. And so with his own body and blood, he purchased our salvation. Love did that. He purchased our healing. Love did that. He purchased peace of mind. Love did that. He purchased prosperity. Love did that. Love did all of that for me and you. And so we remember. So this morning, I would like us to receive communion together as a church body. So in a moment here, I'm going to have you come up and um, receive the elements and then go back to your seat and sit down. I've always liked it when we do it as a body. You know, we are a body. that We are a part of the larger body of Christ, but we are a church body. And so um, then after everyone has received the elements and is seated, I will know when we are ready to uh, partake together. And so during this time, you know, you can take time to reflect on what Jesus has done for you. You can reflect on your life, the things that he's brought you through. You can reflect on where you are at this point with him. Maybe there needs to be some adjustments. Maybe not. But I also want to, because I don't know everybody here, but I also want to extend the invitation that, you know, you heard about Jesus and the love that he has for us. And that love is extended today. And so if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior, then you can do that today. And all you need to do, even just right there where you're sitting, you can say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to come into into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And he will. And I guarantee you that your life will never be the same. Amen? So, why don't you come up and receive the elements? I don't know how you want to do it, Brian, but... And then just go back to your seat, sit down, and hold the elements, and wait. So, for I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and break. Jesus, we just thank you for all that you've done, for your broken body. We thank you, Father, that through Jesus, that you have provided healing for us. So even today, Lord, if we sit here and we need healing, Father, we just reach up and we receive healing Mm -hmm. that Jesus provided for us. Thank you, Lord. And when he had given thanks, in the same manner, he also took the cup. 
after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. So, Father, we even thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your forgiveness is always flowing towards us. It's always available to us. And that even today, you still say, come. Come to the throne room. Receive grace and mercy. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we do. We do say that you reign forevermore. You reign in our hearts, first of all, our families, our homes, our, this church, the body of Christ worldwide, and this world. You are Lord. You are King in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We declare that you are King in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Glory to God. <clears throat> so that's the importance of worship. As we worship, as we're in one accord, as we're in unity, as we're in expecting, as, as Jamie shared at the beginning, as we're expecting, God does stuff. He does things in your heart. He does things in our bodies. He does things in our midst. In our, and He does things around the world. I mean, we can, as we worship, He... Uh, he can certainly move mightily because we're in one accord. We're, we're all in this together. But we have to, it's, it's on purpose. It's, it's purposeful. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Little, little bass ringy there. Little bass ringy. Got a couple of things I want to talk about real quick. Um, just because I want to hand these uh, clipboards around, and it's always good to do it at the beginning instead of the end, because otherwise it doesn't happen. But, exciting news, we have a building in St. Paul. Hallelujah. We actually, uh, we actually met there on, on Wednesday and prayed and uh, took, a, took a note of all the things that needs to be done. <laughs> so now the work begins, the, the actual physical work. So what we're going to do is I'm gonna, I'm, I've given a, an opportunity here. There's a clipboard because I, I uh, need to know who's coming, who's not coming. On there is a name, phone number. Then there's a couple of boxes on the side. One, one says Thursday. Well, the other one says Saturday. I'm not sure when people are available. Some people work on the weekends. Some people need have the weekends off. But however it works, um, if you are able to help out, what we need at first, the first thing we need to do is we just need to move a bunch of stuff out of the building. We need to move a bunch of, of uh, 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 workbenches and, and uh, uh, equipment and things like that. We need to vacuum. We need to wipe things down. So there's a bunch of physical work that needs to be done. Now, what time would we start? We'll start at probably about 9 a.m. on Thursday, 9 a.m. on Saturday, however it works. So if you're able to do one of the two days or both, both is fine, what we'll do is we'll see how many people are available on Thursday, how many people are available on Saturday, and then we'll get in touch with you and let you know uh, what days we'll be there and when. So if you're available, you could do one, two, or, or one, or the other, or both. Both is awesome. If you, if you want to make me very, very happy, 
Both is awesome. But uh, we just had, it's, it's some physical work to begin with, and I, what I need is a couple of guys, people who have trailers. We need to move some stuff out of there, and the quickest way is just load it onto a trailer and, and get it out of there. And so uh, if you're available, then after we get those things moved out, we need to clean, so you bring vacuum cleaners and dust rags and other cleaning stuff, whatever cleaning entails. That would be awesome. So that's happening this week. We're starting to move towards it. Uh, is, Vern is not here because of the weather. I was assuming he wasn't going to be here. But they had talked about meeting this afternoon. Anybody from the team know if you're meeting today for prayer, if he's gotten in contact, contact with you? So he, we, you are meeting at the building. It's 979? 927. It's not 927. It's, it's 9 what? 979 Arcade. 979 Arcade. And so they're going to be there at, and it's, it's the uh, uh, Arcade Laundromat is the big building that's in the front. There are, our part is in the back. You cannot park in the parking lot. That's one of our agreements is he needs that for his, his clients. But there's street parking all the way around it. So you can park there. So if you want to meet there today at 2.30 to pray, that would be awesome. Um, and then uh, Thursday, Saturday, we're going to be doing work time. Praise the Lord. All right. I have a couple other things uh, that I want to talk about. What was it? I've got to get my notes. Starting... January 1st, okay, just starting January 1st. We talk, I talk about it all the time, how reading the Bible is very, very important, amen? It's good to read the Bible, it's good to read the Bible. It's good for you to read the Bible. No, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what age you are, how old you are, how long you've been a Christian, you should read the Bible, you should be in the Bible every week, you should be in the Bible every day, if you can. We encourage that, so for years and years and years, I don't even know how many years, We've been doing a two-year reading program. Now, one of the weird things about our two-year reading program is it starts in September's. September's. Now, you say, what do you mean September's? We do it two years, so it starts in September, it ends in September. And the reason we did that 14 years ago, whatever, whenever we started doing this, was we thought, you know what? We need to, to encourage people and, and, and you know, give them an opportunity to start reading through the Bible uh, systematically. And we did it. We had that conversation in September. And so we just, we, instead of waiting till the first of the year, let's just start right now. So, I know that bothers some of you with the OCD thing going on. So, what we're going to do is we're going to start up a new program, reading program January 1st. January 1st, we're going to be starting a brand new, actually two new uh, Bible reading programs. And so there'll be more advertisement coming up, but I just want to give you a heads up for those of you who like to plan. Uh, it's going to be starting on January 1st. We're going to be using the version part of the, uh, it's, it's an app. You can load it onto your phone and it just comes up every day. It gives you a, rem a reminder. It opens it up. It has the exact reading, but it's a one-year reading. Plus, we're also going to do a two-year reading. So the two-year reading just takes you an extra year. So you can read through the one year, you can read through the two year, however it works for you. So that's gonna start January 1st. There'll be advertisements. I just wanted to give you a heads up ahead of time in case you saw the first advertisement, you thought, what in the world is going on here? They're just like throwing reading programs at us like crazy. Now, let's go to all the other people that it affects. Number one, for those of you who are like, wait a second, I can't not finish the one that I'm on right now. I have to finish it, okay? Finish it. It's okay. You're okay. 
the idea is that we want to, you know, if we, if we can encourage people to read together, then there's conversations start. You know, hey, I read this this morning. Hey, I read that this morning too. And, and so on and so forth. But if, if you need, if you want to finish the one before, absolutely. I don't want anybody to be twitching, having trouble sleeping at night, any of those kind of problems. So finish it. That's wonderful. Now, for those of you who are our rebels, any rebels among us? No, I'm not even going to raise my hand because I'm a rebel. No. For those of you who are rebels, if you want to do a different reading program, go ahead. All we're trying to do is encourage people to, to be reading. Get in the Word. Get in the Word for yourself. We're going to give you some tools, some opportunities, some ways to do it. That is very easy. More information will be coming, but I wanted to give you a heads up on that. So since I was talking about January 1st, it made me start to think of the week devoted to God. So the week devoted to God is coming up, and for those of you who have been here forever, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those of you who are newer, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a, a brief description of week devoted to God. A number of years ago, as we were in prayer, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to take a week and set aside a week to do nothing but pray and worship, to seek Him. And so we prayed about it, we talked about it amongst leadership, and we did that many, many years ago. I don't even know the first year Pastor Greg would know, but uh, it, it was the first year we did it. And what we did is every night we meet from 7 to 8.30. So we meet every night for worship. So if starting Sunday night this year, uh, January 2nd, starting at, at 7 o'clock, we're, we're together, we worship, somebody usually spoke, uh, however the Lord led. And uh, uh, at different times, we've started at different times. This year, we will begin at 7 p.m. And because it's a, it's, there's school starting back up and people have to work, what we're doing is we've had a, a you know, and, and we don't usually do this, but we had a, a firm 8.30 end. That way it's done. And now, if the Lord wants to go longer, absolutely. But so far, in all the years we've done it, we've never gone past 8.30 just hasn't on, on those nights. Now, people hang out here and fellowship for a long time afterwards. That's your deal. That's up to you. But we, the, we get done with our service by 8.30. That way people can get their kids home and so on and so forth. There is no child care during those nights. We want the kids in with us and worshiping with us. Now, this year, we're doing something even just a little bit, changed it just a little bit, whereas we're going to be having Holy Spirit meetings every night. That's what's good. We don't have someone scheduled to speak. There's going to be different ministers that are going to be leading the, the, each night. I won't lead every night. Somebody else will lead. But it's going to be Holy Ghost as the Lord leads. He's you know, going to use the body. And that's why we're talking a lot about how to flow in the supernatural. And so that's, been, uh, that's going to go on, on from Sunday night through Friday night. So every night, 7 to 8.30. In the mornings, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m., we're going to be meeting here for prayer. We used to meet 10 a.m. to noon and then 2 until 4 every day, every week. Um, but last year, the Lord spoke to me and said, don't do it that way. Do it just in the mornings. And, it, and actually, it worked out really, really well. So we meet from 10 a.m. until noon, and we pray. We just gather in a big group, uh, usually back in W1, and we just pray as the Lord gives us leading. And uh, so we'll be doing that every morning, Monday through Friday, 
from 10 a.m. till noon. And then a lot of times people go out to, for lunch together. We go out and fellowship and have a great time. But uh, if you, people can only come for, we've had people come for their lunchtime. They take their lunchtime a little bit early uh, and will come and be a part of the prayer and then go back to work. They'll only be here for 45 minutes or so. That's awesome. Whatever works for you. If you're like, I can't get away from work. Hey, just know that we're praying together from 10 to, 10 to noon. There is no difference in uh, distance in the spirit. Amen. So it's just a great time. If you're in school, I pity you. I'm so sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. It's awesome. I'm glad you're in school. But you can pray. Tell your mom, you know, hey, I really need, or your teacher, I got to pray. I just know. You can pray without telling anybody, right? You can just, you can pray as the, as the Lord leads you. That's Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. till noon. Then on Saturday, we all meet together from 10 in the morning until five in the afternoon and we have just it's it, it's a we call it the rvfm day where we just all the churches from the whole valley all the churches will be here all the leaders will be here and we have a, a, a number of people will speak we're going to have lunch provided there is no cost for the lunch and usually the, the tradition has been that we have uh, bc's mongolian and it is yeah yeah i know it's wonderful but that's the tradition. So we all eat together and a big family thing and we just have a blast. So it's good to come and everyone is welcome to everything. You're, there is no restriction. Everyone is welcome to every one of the, the parts of the week and we encourage you to be here. I encourage you to be here as much as you can be. Amen? So you'll see a lot more information about that as we go along. But that is that announcement. Now there's more announcements at the end. Don't worry. We have more announcements but that's the part I'm going to share. All right, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Been doing a series on flowing in the supernatural. I'm not going to give you any background other than I'm going to go through the first eight points quickly in just a moment. But this, this theoretically will be the last of this uh, series. And next, next week is the children's program. I'm so excited because we get to see how the new guy does it. We'll see if he, we'll see if he measures up to the pro. We'll see. No, no pressure. No pressure. If he's watching this online, no pressure. First Corinthians, but so that's next week, and then the week after that, we get into the whole Christmas thing. I may even get Christmassy this year. Uh, you know, you never know. You never know. Hallelujah. All right, First Corinthians chapter two, beginning with verse one says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power." So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So we've been talking about flowing in the supernatural. We talked way back when about hearing the voice of God. Then we started talking about, uh, through the summer, we talked about the gifts of the spirits, the nine gifts. There are more gifts. We may get to those moving forward. But there are more than just nine. But these are the nine ministry gifts that, that uh, Paul talks about. And uh, we talked about those throughout the summer. It's on our website. It's on the email. It's, it's, it's on YouTube. It's everywhere. Go ahead and ch check that out. But the last few weeks we've been talking about flowing in the supernatural. How do we all, how do we all, each, how does each one 
flow in the Spirit. How, how does God use whomever He desires, as He wills? How does He do that? Well, He speaks to our heart. We need to hear His voice. We under, have to understand that what He wants us to do is part of the giftings of God, but then we need to do it. If we don't get out and, you know, if we don't step out and do it, if we don't say something, do something as He leads, well, then we're just, you know, nothing's happening. He wants to. That's what we're going to experience a ton of moving forward. We're going, to know, we're going to experience a lot of that during the services moving forward, Sunday morning services, but also during uh, the week devoted to God, especially because we're really going to focus on just allowing the Spirit to move as He wishes through each. Everybody say each. It's good that it's each, and it's not, just, it's not just me, it's not just a couple, it's not just even just the leadership, it's everybody, anybody, all people. God wants to use all flesh, amen? Well, we've been talking about uh, Pastor Greg Moore's guidelines for flowing in the supernatural, uh, given this expo- explanation a couple times, but I'll do it one last time since we're talking about it. He was, in, he was leading a church in Texas, and he was seeing the gifts of the Spirit moving within their church. And with that, is, it, that's awesome. That's what we want to see. But with that can also come some weirdness. And that's saying it nicely. You know, in the 33 plus years that I've been hung around charismatic churches, I've seen some weird stuff. I've seen some stuff that was considered okay that was weird. They were like, well, that's the way we do it. Well, you're doing it weird. Stop it. Don't do it that way. Well, how do, we know, how, how do we know what the guidelines are? Well, the Bible actually tells us what the guidelines are. He tells us how to do it. Paul, talking to the, the Corinthian church, told them there's a right way to do this, where it really gives the power, really allows God to use us freely. And when we do it right, he want, he'll do it more. The more we follow what, it, the, what the Word says. So number one was exalt Jesus, not yourself obvious it's about him it's not about me it's not about you it's about him number two make the prophetic word you share make sure it lines up with the written word absolutely not with the reader's digest not with uh you know uncle bill's uh no no i don't know i can't even think of something stupid i mean so it, does, it has to line up with, with the Word of God. It needs to focus on Jesus and it needs to be the Word. And, and, and you'll know when somebody doesn't, when I don't, if I were to not do something biblically, everybody's gonna, most people should go, eh, I don't know about that. Something's wrong there. And that's the way it should be. You know, years ago, we had somebody who taught a class one. Person, the person was, it was a perfectly, uh, it was a good class. They were doing great things, but they said something that wasn't quite scriptural. And I was so proud of everybody else in the room. They went, hang on a second. You just said this. That's not exactly what the Bible says. They were very gracious. They were very loving. But they were just, they, they said, no, that's not what the Bible says. Let's, let's do it. And the person goes, oh, you, wow, you're right. I didn't, that isn't the way it says it. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to judge things by the word. It's not a free-for-all. Amen? All right, number three. Every prophecy or public manifestation in, uh, or demonstration of the gifts will be judged in light of the word by church leadership in accordance with 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Thessalonians 5. Everything's judged. I judge myself. We just, everything as, as the, uh, uh, Tom came up this morning, was sharing what he's sharing, I'm listening. 
as you should be listening. And I'm listening to what he's saying. I'm listening to what, what he's referencing. I'm listening to the examples he's giving. I'm going, yep, that's scriptural. That's pointing to Jesus. I mean, you know, even what you saw today is the gifts manifesting in people. Now, we scheduled it today, but it doesn't always have to be scheduled. But we did schedule it. But just because we scheduled it doesn't mean it's less. I mean, Gene's uh, uh, teaching on, on uh, communion was phenomenal. That's scriptural. It pointed to Jesus. It, it was, it was, it, it, when she was, as she was speaking, I could just inside me, it was going, the Holy Spirit was saying, yes, amen. And so I had to say yes and amen. Because that's, that's scripture. But I'm listening. I'm always listening to what's happening up here. I'm listening to the music. You know, there's songs that have been sung before in our church that I went, eh. We're not singing that song anymore. Why? Because it's not scriptural. It's not, and it wasn't because Jamie is bad. No. But it's just because sometimes we get into traditionally doing something, singing things a certain, or saying things a certain way, and it's really not God. Well, why keep doing that? Just because it's tradition. There are some people that do it because it's tradition, and we're, we've always done it, so we're just going to keep doing it. No. It's not how this works. What's the Holy Spirit saying? What's the Holy Spirit doing? How's he leading us? So, we just, so there, was some, there was times where I would I'd hear this song, and every time I'd hear it, I'd go, I just don't, I don't I'm like, why don't I, what, what's wrong here? So I, ju- I checked it under Scripture. Yeah, I mean, is it talking, is it pointed to Jesus? Yes. But then there, was some, there would be some wording within it where it's like, that's not what the Word says. The whole counsel of the Word. It might say that somewhere, like in Job. Oh, I'm a worm. I'm a worm that's worthy of nothing. No. I'm a new creation in Christ. Who was, I'm worthy. Here's, you you want to, let's let's rock your, your, your theology a little bit. Do you know what you're worthy of? You're worthy of the blood of Christ. You're going, wait a second, is that true? God, I'm glad to see those quizzical looks on your faces. They're going, wait. He said you're worthy. Not because you are, you're so good, he just decided, you, you need, he needed to, to die for your sins. No, he, he thought, I, I want to, he thought, he thought you are worthy enough to die for and to shed his blood for. That's powerful. Because of love. Because of love. Because he loved us. He first loved us. You didn't have to prove, you don't have to prove yourself. But, you know, I'm such a worm. I'm not worthy. It's a, you know, by the grace of God, I have anything. Well, okay. Is that sort of true? Kind of, yeah. But the whole counsel is, he loves being with you. He re- he's excited that you're here. He's not like, well, okay, I'll let him in just this once. That's not scriptural. So, we judge everything. I wasn't going to preach on these. I'm so sorry. See what happens? You put me, up, put me up here. Number four, do not share a prophetic utterance publicly unless you can receive correction without taking it as a personal rejection. Just because you're corrected. Now, we aren't going to, you know, and the next one coming up here is we don't, we're not going to correct you publicly. I'm not going to say, Tom, you were 90% right. You know, but I need to fix Tom's error this morning before we move on. Now, he didn't. He didn't. Just in case you're going, really? <laughs> but I know a guy. 
I know, I know a church. I, I was not there when it happened. But a guy got up and preached. And right after it, the pastor got up and goes, well, it was almost right. In front of everybody. Well, that's not love. That's not love. You take, him, take the person you know, afterwards going, hey, can I talk to you about this? You, know, you use this scripture, you said this. It's not exactly right. But you do it privately. Love covers a multitude of sin. But because I, I come to you, because somebody says something and says, hey, you know, scripturally, this would need to be adjusted just this little bit, it's because we love you. You do it because of love, not because I'm ticked. You know, there's nobody in this building. There's nobody in this building. There's nobody that's ever been in this building that has made a mistake. There, I mean, people make mistakes. But there's, been, there's nobody here, there's nobody that's ever been here who has made a mistake that I wouldn't let come back in here and try again. There isn't. Even some that I've had to ask to leave. Bet you didn't know that. You know there's people I've actually had to ask to leave this church? Not many. But there's been people. You might think, wait a second, I didn't know that. Exactly. Because I didn't do it from up here. I didn't say, hey, you in the back row, get out of here. I did that once. <laughs> Some of you might have been there the day I did that once. They were, they were teenagers very, the, in the youth group. This was, this was probably 25 years. Dennis and Kathy were there because Dennis was the one that I turned the meeting over to when, I, when it happened. There was a guy that was coming to the meetings. He'd sit in the back row and heckle. Now, he, he was a Christian heckle. He was a Christian heckle. You, you ought to say this. You ought to preach this. You, you, well, no, you've got to say it this way. And he'd say that stuff right in the middle. So the first time he did it, first, the fifth time he did it, because I didn't say anything right away, I, I, I met with him privately, and I said, here's the deal, bud. I said, you've got to quit doing that. You've got to stop doing that. I said, you can always correct me, but do it personally. Do it, come and tell me if I did something wrong, if I said you are absolutely, you can come and say anything to me. But you don't do it during the meeting. Because we've got a bunch of kids here who can't, they don't know what's going on. They're young. They're impressionable. And I said, you don't do it during a meeting. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. All right, cool. But I, I did it privately. A couple of weeks later, he's sitting in the back row and he goes, that's not true. And I said, you, out, right now. I said, upstairs. And I said, Dennis, you're in charge. Take over the meeting. I, he went out, I went out after him, and I got upstairs. What I heard later was the kids were going, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> Just for the record, I didn't hit him. <laughs> wanted to, really wanted to. Flesh, die, die, flesh. But we got up, we got up, so we got, we were in a, we were in the basement, we got upstairs and I said, you, out, you're, and you don't, don't come back. Don't come back. Now, if he would have came back to me and said, hey, I repent, I'm so sorry. But he never did, because his pride wouldn't allow him to. So, how did I get on that? <laughs> Judging, oh, privately, everything, and just because you are corrected, there are people I've said things to after a service over the years, said, hey, eh, not like this, not like this. Don't, 
you know, say it, you know, this, say it this way, or, you know, this is what the word says, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I probably should have said, yeah, awesome. But it's not because I'm upset. It's not because, you know, okay, you, yeah, that was one. That was your first mistake. Two more. No. You do it, but don't get hurt by that. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't, it's not personal. It's part of the process of growing. Amen? Number five, make love and edifying others your primary goal in operating in the gifts. If you're getting up for any other reason than you want to help them, that God wants to help them and you want to honor God through it and you want to walk in love, don't do it. If it's because they really need to hear what I have to say today because I have the word of the Lord. Well, who cares? It's about love. It's about edifying. And if not, so judge yourself first. Because it would be something, if, you got, if, if somebody did that, I would meet with them afterward and say, hey, let's keep focused here. Amen? Number six, no public correction of individuals through prophecy is allowed. Thus saith the Lord, you got to keep your kids from running in the foyer. Now you do, but that's not, that's not what prophecy is for. You know, the Lord is saying that the kids are being too wild and crazy. They need to, they need to quit running. No, you don't correct people. You don't correct, you know, the Lord says you should return my rake. <laughs> it's not about that. Or the Lord has said you're not worshiping right, brother. You know, I don't know. People say dumb, you know, that's, that's not what this is for. It's not about public correction. You'll never hear me publicly correct an individual. Now, I might say something broad, broad brush that says, hey, here's what the Lord wants us to do. And we want to take that. There is correction. But correction usually comes from leadership. How many of you ever got, loved being corrected by your brother or sister <laughs> in your home? Mom and dad could come in and say, pick up your room. And you would do it or not do it, you know, as the case may be. But if your brother or sister came in and said, you should pick up your room. Oh, that's fighting words. You know, that's, there's something about, you keep it within the right relationship, amen? So, all right, so no public correction. Uh, number seven, we ask if you have a personal word for someone in the body to take a mature believer or leader in the church with you for the purpose of judging that word in light of the word. So it's, it's just a good thing. I don't give personal words to an individual all by themselves without anybody else hearing. I don't do it. If I don't do it, I don't want you to do it. It's not good. It's, it's good to have a witness Everything spoken should, be, should, have, should have a judgment of two or three witnesses. I'll always take an elder. I'll always take a, a, another leader in the church. I'll always grab my, if nobody else, hey, Deb, can you come here a second? I want you, no, you don't have to, stay right where you're at. But if, if Deb, come here, I, and I, I'm, I'm praying for somebody, even if I'm praying for somebody, because that, that prayer might turn into something the Lord wants to say. And it needs to be judged. Take somebody with you. Somebody, not the person that you can be in control over, you know. Hey, I don't know, I came and picked. I, w I would. I, I was going to say I wouldn't take one of the youth to, to come and, and be a witness for something, but I would because if they're mature, which our youth are mature, I absolutely would. So it just brings somebody with you. That way, you know, if, if something were said and, you, and they go, Oh, gosh, that, that wasn't, a, you know, what would you mean by that? I've had people ask me, what did you mean by that? Where is that in the Word? It should, I should be able to receive it. You should be able to receive that, okay? 
And personal words to guests and new people must be submitted first to someone in leadership, staff, elders, or other recognized leaders. New people are very... The only word, here's, here's the problem. What's going on in my head is I hear brittle. That's not the word I want to use. Fragile. Vulnerable. That's a fantastic word. It's good to have a thesaurus here in the church. People are vulnerable. Why? You come here for the first time and you're trying to check out the place. You're trying to see what's going on. You're, you know, you're, you, you know, I mean, when I go to a new church, I usually sit as far in the back as possible. Why? Because I've been there where people come up and say, I have a word for you. Oh, great. Here we go. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's good to make sure, check it out with the leadership first. Amen? All right, here's the new ones. Number nine. Number nine, do not speak out publicly in a message in tongues without using your faith to interpret either you or someone else. Yes, the Bible says that, that the, the gift of, or the message in tongues needs to be interpreted. A prayer in tongues does not. So if you're praying in tongues, but there's a difference between, you know, during worship, I was praying in tongues. I was praying in the Spirit. You know, sometimes I sing, but sometimes I'm praying in the Spirit because I want to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying. I'm just getting, getting focused on Him, getting sorted in. And, and, and in our prayer meetings, when we meet on Wednesday for Wednesday morning prayer, when we meet at, uh, for the, the RVFM prayer after that, different times when we have corporate prayer, many people will be praying in the Spirit, but we're praying it's not a message. It's not a thus saith the Lord. Now, I've been in a prayer meeting where you're praying and it, it switches over. And I know it switched. There's something, it changed. There was a different emphasis. But then at that point, somebody must interpret. That's what the Bible says. You must, there needs to be someone to interpret. Either someone else or you do it. You do it. Now you're going, well, what if I don't know it? You will. Put your faith out there. That's why he says, use your faith to interpret. Well, how do I know? How do I know it's God? Just the way you know anything else. It's the inner witness. It's the unction. It's the leading. How do you know? You'll be amazed at what happens. You'll be amazed. Someone needs to interpret that. So if somebody, you know, we, we have had many times a word in tongues, then there's always an interpretation. If there's not, I'll wait. And the leaders know that if, if, if no one else does, well, somebody needs to. Well, you're going, well, wait a second, isn't that just making it up? No, God wants to say something. The person who gave the tongue may have used every ounce of their faith to just stand up and do it. And they can't get one more step. That's okay. That's all right. We're all learning. We're all growing. Somebody will have the interpretation, okay? And we'll wait for that. All right. Those verses are 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 19, and verse 28. Number 10, do not, don't dominate the floor. Span, uh, span. Stand up, speak up. <laughs> Stand up, speak up, and sit down. Sit down. Now, 
That's the way it's in our, on the pieces of paper in front of you. That's the ones that we handed out. It says stand up, speak up, and sit down. Now, he is right, the actual, intri- the actual quote that Greg Moore put in his, but he's way more bold than I am because, I mean, he's just him. And he said stand up, speak up, and shut up. Which means you're not here to preach. If, <laughs> Jim, stop it! Now you're thinking, no, he's making comments up here. Now he's making the right comments, but I would not say this. I, I wasn't going to say a word. He goes, he goes, that's the mistake I made. You know? <laughs> okay. It's, but to see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We talked to him, you know, said, hey, shorten it up. You know, we don't, we're not, we're not going to preach a whole sermon. And, and he's like, okay. And he keep, he's, keeps coming back, praise God. But, you know, here's the deal. Okay, so just in all fairness, this morning as I'm praying, the Lord, I, 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 how to say this so it doesn't sound weird. As I was praying about this morning, I knew he was going to say that this morning. The Holy Spirit showed me, and I'm like, I don't, don't do that. <laughs> but it's okay because the Holy Spirit says, you need to understand he's not ashamed of this. He's not fearful of it. And he shouldn't be. You shouldn't. It's not about, if you do something that, that's not within the guidelines, it's not like, that's it. No, man. You, he's shared since then many things that were powerful. Full of the grace of God. Full of glory. And, 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 and just because I, you know, I have made mistakes many times, but it doesn't mean that God stopped using me. You need, to, you need to take the chance to step out, even though, and that's the last one, is take chances. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, stand up, speak up, sit down. What we want you to do is to come forward. We've got a microphone right over here, and somebody's here. We want you to use the microphone, not because, you know, people go, well, I don't want to use the microphone. I don't care if you don't want to use the microphone. If, you know, I don't want to use the microphone, I don't like speaking in front of people. Well, you're here, and it's not about you. You know, when God says something powerful, we want everybody to hear it. And we want the people on TV to hear it, the ones that are watching it online. We want it recorded because it could be the most powerful word we hear all year. And if somebody mumbles it without a microphone, we have, nobody can be blessed. How can anyone hear unless there's a speaker? And how can they, they, unless they speak, we have to be able to hear what's going on. Now, that also then talks about the idea, I've been in churches, you've probably been in churches, where somebody in the fourth row from the back yells out in, in the middle of a service, starts prophesying. Okay, well, number of reasons why that's not good. Number one is you're not hearing it. I mean, the whole body can't hear it. Number two is we don't, maybe I don't know, we don't know that person. We want the, the, the usual protocols come up front. By coming up front, you're taking that extra step of faith, going, okay, here we go. But then people can see you. They're not all turning to look at you. Remember keeping Jesus as, you know, when somebody in the back row, and I've heard it many, many times, thus saith the Lord, everybody goes, oh, oh God. Then, they, then everybody turns and looks at them. It's about them. It should be in the front not not because the front is more important but it's just decently in an order that's the verses it talks about so stand up speak up and sit down but if anything is revealed to another who sits by let the first keep silent 
if somebody is sharing something, do you know that, have you ever heard a, a prophecy or anything where it's, it's short sentences, but there's like two or three or four people that they, 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 the sentences line up? I've seen that many times. I've seen it once where, where it was individual words. One person came up and said, all I have is this word, and somebody else goes, oh. And they came up and they said, well, I have this word. And somebody else said, I have, and it's just individual words. Why? Because this Holy Spirit moves as he wills, and he, will, he, he, and, and he may have you do one word. You might think, well, wait a second, I, I can't go up front. All I have is one word. That one word. How many of you have ever seen it on TV? One word from God can change your whole life. If it's that, you have to be open to whatever he's leading you to do. But coming up front is, going, is good because then people can see it, we understand it, we, we know that that person, but if that person has, has, is speaking and somebody else stands up, hey, don't take up any more time. Say it quickly, sit down. Keep it short and sweet. Amen? All right. Number 11, submit what you have to leadership and trust them with the timing and appropriateness of the release of that gift. Now, that's why we have leadership starting to sit up front. Elders. Uh, Jim and Linda are our lead elders uh, here at the church. And I've talked to them, and within the elders, uh, Tom and Carla are elders here in the church. I've told them every time we have a service from now on, I want elders sitting in the first two sections up front here. Why? Because if somebody has a word, you can come and talk to me. Absolutely. You can come over and say, hey, I've got a word. People do it all the time. Jim comes over to me every once in a while, puts his hand on my shoulder and says, during worship, hey, I've got something from the Lord. Is it okay if I share it? And sometimes I go, sure, because the Holy Spirit's going, yes, let him do it. Sometimes I'll say, what is it? And he'll share. And other people do too. It's okay if, you, what we want you to do is come up front. You know, Peter and Kayla are up here, unless he's up there drumming, but it's on a Sunday when, when one of the pastors is sitting up front. Someone who's up front, who's seen as leadership, just come up and say, hey, I've got something from the Lord. They hear from God. I trust them. And they can, they're listening to the Holy Spirit, and they're going, yep, it's okay, go for it. Well, what that does is it encourages you, should. It should encourage you to do, to do it, to take that next step, to at least try. Because what they can also say is not now. Not now, we've already talked to all of them. We've talked to the leadership, we've talked to the staff, talked to some of the other leadership. It's okay to say not now. That's not a judgment that you missed God. It's not the same thing. It just means not now. Or hang on a second, stay right here, wait. And at the, at the right time, we'll have you share that. Or what is it? What were you going to share? And the person says, the Lord says this, this, this. Awesome, it's already lining up. Cool. Yes, as soon as I say, and, or what they might say is, I don't know, why don't you go talk to Pastor John? You know, they have the, I've told them they have the right to go, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't know that one. Let's see, what, let's see what the Lord wants to do. Because literally, as the Holy Spirit moves, and, and as, as he leads us, the, it could take, you know, we're talking about the flow of the Spirit. We're talking about, it's like a river. The river flows, the river flows. And even if the river turns, it's usually a gradual turn. We live on a river. My wife and I and, and Tally live on a river. And there are no 90-degree corners on a river. It flows. So it is possible that we'll be in a service sometime, and I'm leading in a certain direction, and God wants to go a different direction. He wants to change 
and go in a different direction. I am way open to that. But if, you're, if he's going to change it, if you have it on your heart that it's supposed to change, you need to get some heads up beforehand. You need to go, is this okay? You know, a couple of weeks ago was a, was a great example. We were in the middle of worship. Uh, I had no idea this was about to happen. I had no idea. And, and the Holy Spirit just said, all I knew was something's about to happen. I knew I couldn't go any further. Uh, it was getting at the end of the worship part, and I knew. And, and Jim came up, put his hand on my shoulder, and he goes, I think God wants to talk about healing. Now, I didn't wake up that morning thinking about healing. I didn't, he, he wasn't, he never spoke, the Holy Spirit never spoke a word to me about healing. But Jim came up and he goes, I think the Lord wants to talk about healing. As soon as he said that, in my spirit, I had, it, was a, it bore witness. I went, yes. What that was was a turn. It's okay. Turns are okay. Usually it just flows all, all in one direction. But there are times when it turns, and it needed to turn. People got healed because of that. Because of the obedience. Because, and this happened after we told them to shorten it up. <laughs> Praise God he did. And didn't get hurt, didn't get his feelings hurt, came up anyway, and, and took the chance to even say, I think we need to change the service. Now, if he had came up without talking to anybody and goes, we're going to change the, the direction of the service, we're going to go this way, that's not the way you do it. You just We work together, it's the body working together. So check it out. Come up and talk to one of these folks. Come up and talk to me, just say, hey, I've got, I've got something. I've had people come up and say, hey, I've got something, and I go, mm, not today. That doesn't mean that not ever, it just means not today. I had a young girl came up the last time we had a worship night. She came up and we had already, made the, had already talked about it. The Holy Spirit said, only the folks up front we're going to share tonight. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit said. That's what he told us to do. We had, a, we had a wonderful night. It was a powerful night. But I had a young girl come up to me and she said, the Lord just, actually she goes, I had a dream and I feel like I'm supposed to share this. And I said, not tonight. I said, because we already said we're, it's just going to be these folks up front just this one time. And I said, so, but I, what I want to do is I want to hear it later. I don't have time right now, but I want to hear what you have to say later. She then, I, the next week, on the next Sunday, I went up and I said, hey, and she's a teenager. I said, I said, what was it you wanted to share with me? Oh, well, I had this dream and she told me the dream. As she's telling me the dream, the Holy Spirit's going, you need to hear this. Because I needed to hear it. It wasn't for the whole body that night. But it was for me. So she heard God. So it wasn't that, oh, no, children, you know, youth should never share anything. No, of course not. You hear stuff. But what, if, if it's in the right order, then I said, can you please write that down for me? She then wrote it down, typed it all up, gave it to me this last week. I gave it to somebody else, and this person's going, wow! It's amazing. So she's hearing from God, but we just need to do it in the flow. Because what she shared wouldn't have been for the whole body. Just wouldn't. It's okay. That's not, she was not wrong in the least. She was actually spot on. And she was, she, as far as I know, because I talked to her after, she, she wasn't hurt that I said, not tonight. It's okay. All right, number 11. Because we got to get this done, because I'm already late. I'm so sorry. Number 11. Submit what you have to leadership. I already did that one. Hallelujah. Number 12. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. I already said that, so we're actually done. <laughs> I said it out of order, but I did it. I still said it. Don't, don't worry. Just flow with the Holy Ghost. We want the Holy Spirit to move. Come on up. Yep, come on up. We want the Holy Spirit to move. We want him to move through you. 
and he will. He is and he will. Thank you, sir. I'm so thankful for guidelines in the service and for order in the service and for leadership. Um, it just makes everything so much better. Offering. I heard about a... Uh, Heard a story once about an airplane that came down and crashed on the reefs just off of a deserted desert island. Two guys on the plane, no way to recover anything. They were really stuck. It was going to be a permanent vacation, or so it would seem. They, uh, the one guy was really, really distressed. I mean, they were happy that they had their lives. And he, he's like, look, where are we going to get any fresh water? I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. The other guy says, don't worry. I make $100,000 a week. This is going to be, it's, it's okay. It's all right. And he's putting on his sunglasses and kind of stretching and looking at the beautiful sky. And the other guy says, what are we going to do? We're going to die. We're going to die. He, the, the, the other guy said, look, I told you, I make $100,000 a week. Everything's okay. <laughs> the other guy, he, he, he was about to hit him. He got so mad. Um, Second man says, I told you, settle down. I make $100,000 a week. I work for Dan Jensen International. I tithe every week to my local church. My pastor will find me. <laughs> Malachi chapter 3. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Putting God first in finances, it, it sets through, through tithing, it's how we put God first in our finances, it sets the stage for us being able to put God first in every area of our life, because in Matthew 6, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We take the work of our life, work of our hands, we put God first there. Our money is connected to our heart, and, and everything with God is about our heart. How did I write it here? Our life before God is all about connecting with Him from the heart, loving Him from our heart, and tithing helps us to do that. So let's, let's pray over the offering. Dear Father, thank You that we can do this. Thank You for, for instructions on, in, in Your Word on how to connect with You and how to put you first, and how to activate our covenant with you, and receive your blessings in this life. Thank you for all, all your goodness. And I pray a blessing over, over every offering and every open heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.